This is Dore Olalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 170. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. You know, they say that repetition is the master of all skill. And repetition is something that I've been learning to embody as of late in my personal life and in my business. I know that I can't often reach the goals that I set the first time around that I need to step up to the plate over and over again and fail and learn from those mistakes and reiterate, right? It's a part of the growing process. And it's something that maybe in the past, and you may be able to relate to this as well, but it's something that when I tried something once and it didn't work, I moved on to the next thing because I really didn't have a whole lot of time to waste. I thought that The result came at the end of the hard work. I thought it was automatic. And if it wasn't automatic, I went to whatever the next thing was that was automatic. But I realized through time that nothing never became automatic. It was more so going back and repeating the same processes, but with the with new insight. And so when we first started investing in real estate, it was very hard to conceptualize repeating the same process every single month. Pulling a list of homeowners, finding a way to market to these homeowners and continually not getting people to respond or continually not getting any deals under contract or continually getting deals under contract that wouldn't make it to the closing table. See, I thought things were broken. I thought I needed to change everything. What I didn't think that I needed to do was repeat the process and just tweak things as I went along and understand that repetition is the mother of all skill. Many of you guys know that I've recently pursued a Think and Grow Rich challenge. If you don't know about that challenge, you're totally missing out on some super valuable content. And I failed at this challenge. But ultimately, I realized that this challenge is not just a 30-day challenge. It's a lifelong challenge. I'm going to get back on that horse and I'm going to do it over and over again until I do succeed. And I think that's what separates the winners from the losers. Over the past few years, I've been on maybe 30 to 50 shows and it's been an amazing experience. And oftentimes I don't talk about those shows, nor do I repost those shows as an episode because you guys know my story. You guys have probably already heard it a few times. And I want so it would be redundant to replay a lot of those episodes. But every once in a while, I get a podcast host or a YouTube host that attacks from a little bit of a different angle and really gives me new content to talk about. And when I get that type of content, I love to play that for you guys, because, again, it's something that we really haven't explored or something that we need to explore more of. 
And most recently, episode 168 of this podcast titled Utilizing Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich Success Principles. I was interviewed on my good friend Logan Freeman's podcast just about mindset and money and what it takes to actually achieve our goals. Again, not the general story of how I got into real estate and and what we've been up to for the past few years. Like, yeah, sure, that's cool. And again, we do a lot of those podcast episodes, but what we're able to explore on this episode, guys, it's it's absolutely amazing. So if you haven't checked out that episode, check it out. But I, again, repetition is the mother of all skill. And I know that when I read books multiple times, every single time I read a book, the same book, right? The greats like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and 4-Hour Workweek and the 10X Rule. Every single time I read one of those books, I'm in a new place in life, right? I have new experiences. I've done more. And oftentimes I get new insights. It's crazy. It's almost like I'm reading the book for the first time every single time. I've read 10X at least five times. And it feels like a new book every time I find new insights. I get re- reinvigorated. There's new inspiration there. There's something that I, I didn't pick up on the first time that the second time around, I'm just like, dude, I got to add that to my business because repetition is the mother of all skill. So today's podcast episode is yet another interview. Again, I don't po- repost these interviews often, but I want to repost this interview with another good friend, Brian Elwood. And we talk about some of the same concepts that Logan and I discuss, and it's going to be from a slightly different angle. And we'll dive into some concepts a little bit further. But again, I want to play yet another interview so that you get the repetition that you need to achieve your financial dreams, to achieve your lifestyle dreams. So excuse the parts of my story that you know and really dig into the content when it comes to connecting your financial dreams with your mindset. And I guarantee you, once you can do that, the sky is the limit. Once you can do that, the sky is the limit. Our minds are the most intricate piece to any and everything that we want, that we desire. And then the second step, guys, which is a full-blown announcement that I need to make here and now, right? Once you have the mindset piece, you need the strategy piece. And as you know, my strategy for wealth and lifestyle design comes by way of real estate. I have rentals that pay me every single month, whether or not I get out of bed. So how do I build up this portfolio? Well, I have a real estate business that sole purpose is for cash injections that's used to buy more passive income. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that. Right. My primary real estate vehicle is a portfolio of rentals that spews off passive income every single month. And in order to increase the number of rentals that I have, I have a real estate business that sole objective is to create cash injections, large cash injections. So these are assignment deals. And then we take that money to create more passive income. We dump that right back into the business. This is how you create perpetual wealth. And the big announcement is that I want to invite you to a master class, really, to show you this exact process, how we do this meticulously, month in and month out, and how you can do it too. And this master class is called The Four Keys to Building a Lifestyle Business Through Real Estate. So let me tell you really, really quick before we get into the episode what you're going to learn on this master class. Number one, the two most profitable real estate strategies in real estate today. And these strategies that we use, guys, are strategies that are dramatically going to cut down your risk, especially in today's market. At the same time, 
You can utilize both of these strategies without any cash, credit, or banks. The second thing you're going to learn is the key shift that we use to disconnect our time from our income. Again, guys, the goal for me and all of my students has always been lifestyle design. So there's no point in building a real estate business if you're going to work like a dog 24-7 in that business. The third thing that you're going to learn if you attend my live masterclass over at beforethemillions.com forward slash masterclass is my highest converting approach to closing deals with motivated sellers. Now, if you know me, you know I only close deals with motivated sellers. But the thing that my students appreciate the most is that we're not salesmen. We're not trying to convince a seller of anything. So we get to drastically reduce that icky sales feeling and we actually get to serve a motivated seller in a way that creates a profitable deal for us. That ensures that we close way more deals given the same amount of leads as any other investor. And then the last thing that you're going to learn if you attend the masterclass, which again, it's live, meaning that we're going to have a Q&A at the very end. That link is before the mans.com forward slash masterclass. The last thing that you're going to learn is the single most effective way to become a real estate investor here in the historic 2020. Lots of things have changed. Lots of things will continue to change. The election is coming up. And regardless of the outcome, there are certain things that you need to know as a real estate investor in order to take advantage of the upcoming quarters. These are all the reasons why attending my masterclass is an absolute must. So that link again is beforethemans.com forward slash masterclass. Now let's get to the show where I'm interviewed on Brian Elwood's podcast, 12 Houses to Freedom. And now your feature presentation. So here's the big question. How do we create enough passive income to take back control over our time? When the market is way too expensive, good deals seem impossible to find, and we already lead very busy lives. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Elwood, and welcome to the 12 Houses to Freedom podcast. What's up, guys? Brian Elwood. Welcome back to the 12 Houses to Freedom podcast. Hope you guys are excited today. I've got an amazing guest on the line who's going to share some awesome knowledge with you, a man by the name of DeRay Olaleye. And this man is not only a real estate entrepreneur, he's a business coach, and he mentors overwhelmed and unfulfilled employees in the professional world through the process, process of creating a lifestyle business through real estate investing so they can escape their rat race and live a life of their design. Sounds very similar to what I do. And not only does he grow his passive income portfolio, he also has a burning desire to help other people change their beliefs about who they are, achieve the right mindset. And when he's not working, he travels, he explores new cuisines, he volunteers, and he's on Instagram like every single one of the rest of us. What's up, Ray? <laughs> How you doing, man? What's up, Brian? It's a pleasure to to be on your show. I'm absolutely excited for the content that we're going to dive into today. Uh, thank you for bringing me on and I uh, can't wait to take it away. Yeah, man. Appreciate you being here. And me and DeRay just geeked out for like 20 minutes on Apple products and all kinds of other weird things we have in common. And then we finally decided we should hit the record button. <laughs> um, so you're definitely a cool dude. Enjoying getting to know you. 
tell me more about your story and, um, you know, how you ended up where you are today. Yeah. So if we're specifically talking about real estate and we could even, um, I don't know how wide ranging your, your audience is, but we could even talk about entrepreneurship in general because, um, the very same year I got into real estate, I started seven other businesses, right? Wow. I was discontent. I was unhappy. I had a corporate nine to five job. Well, it wasn't nine to five. They lied to me. It was, um, 7.30 to 10, 11. I was a big four accountant. Um, so I was auditing the financial statements of some of the biggest companies in the world, um, multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies even sometimes. And um, my primary focus later in, in my career were real estate companies. Like there's a, there's a big company called Heinz that I was on for a while. Um, but ultimately I realized that Again, it's, 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 it, it was just like repetition every day, the same thing. And if you know anything about accountants, we're, we're adding numbers up. We're verifying what the company says that they are, you know, all the numbers that, that they say that, you know, that they are allocating and they are making and all that stuff. We're verifying everything and we're making sure one plus one adds up to two. And with these big four accounting firms, we're, we have a ton of clients from, you know, Coca-Cola to, you know, Gymboree to, you know, uh, Walmart and IMAX and all that good stuff. Right. And you would think it would be amazing. It would be fun. It'd be thrilling just getting on, you know, on the inside of these companies. But you're really so low down the totem pole that you're literally in a four by four cubicle. I don't know if it's that small. And you're adding up numbers. And so, again, as an external company working for a client like Coca-Cola, which I was on primarily real estate clients, um, you don't really see what the benefits are of the financial statements that you've just reviewed. Like you don't see, you know, the initial public offerings. You don't see the, you don't, you, you, you really, you don't get fulfilled because you're not, you're not really understanding what the company is going to take these financial statements and what they're going to do with it, what they're going to portray to their investors, how this is going to grow their company and all that good stuff. You really just add up numbers. You send this off to your boss and you know, you go home and you do it all over again the same the next day. So yep. most people do that for about 40 years, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Brian, I, it took me about three months to realize like there was no way. There was absolutely no, like, I, I, I think I was shielded. Like, I don't know. I think I was shielded because I believed that I had found the path that I was going to be on for the rest of my life when I was in college. And I decided to become a big four accountant. And the minute I got there, I realized that I need to find a new game plan, but I had no idea where to look. Absolutely no idea where to look, where to start. Um, and we can kind of get into that. You want me to keep going, kind of get into that a little bit further? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what yeah, happened was, next? Let me guess. Did you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? That, that's, that's, that's all. <laughs> and, you know, I, it, I hate to be cliche, but it just goes to show you how powerful that book is. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I was 25 and as an adult, Brian, I hadn't read a single, I hadn't read a single book, not a single book, not one. Yeah. I tried from 18 to 25, I tried to read The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Never, ever got past the first chapter. I wasn't a reader. And what's crazy is when I was growing up, I loved literature. I loved reading. But I just, I just, it wasn't exciting for me. There was nothing passionate about it. There was nothing, I, I couldn't sit down and do it. Like, it just, it just wasn't me. Or so I thought. <laughs> and then um, through my discontentment, through my yearning for more knowledge, to find a better path, to find another way, um, 
this woman, I call her my guardian angel, but she was a year ahead of me. And um, she said, Duray, one day at work, she was like, Duray, you know, I've been reading this book on the way to work every morning and it's been really powerful in my life. And I don't know, but something's just telling me that you should read it. Brian, I had never read a book in my, like, I was just, I didn't know what to tell. I was like, I'm not about to read this book. I don't have time for it. It's like, we got, we got reports to get out. Like, what do you, like, leave me alone with a book. <laughs> but for some reason, because of the, the, the impact that she had in my life at that time, I was like, all right, let's read the book. When I read this book, Brian, I, it, it, I'm, t- I'm getting, I'm going back to that time. Like I'm viscerally there because I remember how emotional I was. Like, I was just like, this is like the Da Vinci Code. This is like a secret language that I've been trying to speak. I've been trying to utter, I've been trying to articulate, but I haven't been able to do it yet because I, like, I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know that I never heard of passive income. I never heard of financial freedom. I never heard of a digital nomad. I never heard of being location independent. I never heard of these concepts, but innately inside of me, like I knew that there was something and I didn't know how to speak the language until that book opened up the language to me. And that changed everything. I think I've read 200 books at this point and wow. it's just been four years. I, I read about 50 to, I mean, one, I think last year we, yeah, I read about 50 books a year. So about a book a week. Wow. Like I, I, I'm a voracious reader. I, I do nothing but read right right now. I have no interest in the stock market. I've read some of the best stock market books over the past two weeks that'll blow your mind. Right. But it started with Richard Poor Dad. It completely changed the landscape for me. It allowed me, it gave me a North Star to shoot after. Like, I ne- like, I've never really been, I've always been one of those kids who did enough to get by. Like, I knew I had gifts and talents and intelligence that would put me in gifted and, and talented classes and things like that. But I would never try. Like, I would just be like, oh, okay, well, this is what y'all need. Okay, let me get y'all this and let me keep going and play my video games or go disturb the class or whatever, right? That's because I wasn't passionate about any of that stuff. Like, I had never in my 25 years had something that I'm just like, I'm going to go after this full force until I read that book. Wow. I got a lot I wanted to ask you, especially about how to read a book a week, but finish your story. So what happened after you read rich dad, poor dad? How did you, what was your force foray into like real estate? Tell, tell us like the post, you know, journey from after reading that book. For sure. I read rich dad, poor dad, April of 2016, I believe. It was my second year as a, or third year, maybe as a full-time employee. I think it was my second year. Um, or it might've been April of 2015, regardless of 2016 or 2015, May of that year, I bought my first property, traditional financing, single family home, um, still nets to, uh, still nets about $300 a month to this day. Start, started at about 250, right? I bought my first property 30 days after reading that book. Wow. And it wasn't hard. It was actually super easy, but this is kind of what I want to portray to your, your listeners is that there are so many of us. I mean, I was a I was an accountant, right? And you would think like as an accountant, like we know these numbers, we know how to do our taxes, things that quite frankly, we don't know, but a lot of people think, Oh, he's an accountant. I associate him with these, this, this, right. But as an accountant, there was so much that I didn't know. And we're all in a place where I think that, especially you see, you know, with social media these days, you see 90% of millionaires have created their, their wealth through real estate. Um, you see that um, 
all these all these infomercials with Dean Graciosi, Robert Kiyosaki, and you know, uh, knowing low money down strategies. Like you see these things, and you you know you you hear them. You 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 walk uh, you walk on the street, and you see these bandit signs, and you know everywhere you go, you see evidence that this is real, that people are doing this, that you can do it. Like people are getting started. Like year after year, you see bigger pockets. How 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 massive it's growing, and most of us don't think it's possible for us. Right. Like how many times do we scroll on Instagram past that? Hey, get started in real estate in the next 90 days and change your life. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, all this, all this, all this marketing, all this copy, uh, keep scrolling. Right. Cause, cause it's a belief system. It's just like, yeah, it's too good to be true. It's not good for me, whatever the case may be. But for me and where I was at, and I think it was because my motivating factor at that time was pain. I was open and receptive to any and everything. So it wasn't a matter of where most people fall short is like the, the ability to take that action. It was just me not having the knowledge. The minute I acquired the knowledge, I read a book like Rich Dad Poor Dad, I immediately executed. So I bought my yeah. first, no, I didn't say I executed great. I said I executed. <laughs> right. So I bought my first property um, thir- less than 30 days after I read that book with no kind of experience, none. And if I can do that, anybody can do that. If I can do that, anybody can do that. Before the age of 25, I knew nothing. 30 days after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is not a real estate book, <laughs> True. I bought my first property. 30 days after that, I start my second business. Over the next 90 days, I start those businesses I told you about. I start about seven businesses. And these are all online businesses. Rewinding a little bit to how my mind works and the life that I wanted to build for myself, um, I love to travel. Like that is my going back to Instagram. If you go to my Instagram page, you'll see all the countries like I've been to, I've lived in, like I, that, that's what I do. Like, I don't like to be in the U S for more than like a certain amount of time. Like I just, I just want to go on sabbaticals. Like before COVID I was in Mexico for a month and I didn't plan on coming back until COVID happened. I'm going back next week. <laughs> um, so, so, so ultimately, ultimately, Brian, when I got my big four accounting job, I realized that I can no longer travel. Heck, the so that you when you're in college and you get good grades and you go after the 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 things that you want you get offers from these companies and a lot of my companies were oil and gas companies and i was fortunate enough to get a an offer from a big four accounting firm but i gave them stipulations and they didn't like it i told them because they usually expect when they make you an offer especially if you've already interned for them when they make you an offer they want you to commit to starting within three to six months i was like guys would you mind if like I didn't start for the next year and a half. What? <laughs> I was like, please, like, uh, I understand this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a full-time job for the first time. And I understand like how restricted, which I didn't, this is going to be, I would like to take the year off to travel before I even get started down this 40 year path. Can I, can I just take a year off to travel? And they said, yeah. So again, wow. If I even rewind even before that, like just growing up, like I grew up, um, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts within three or four weeks, maybe six weeks, uh, my mom shipped me across to Nigeria because she was a new entrepreneur. And you know, the entrepreneurial roller coaster, she couldn't afford to have uh, her son, her only single parent, one son, she couldn't afford to take care of me at the time. So she shipped me to Nigeria, uh, stay with her parents for a while, then went over to my dad's side, which is halfway across the um, halfway across the state. Then I went to go stay with her sister in London, England, London. So I didn't come back to the US till I was four. 
when I get here, again, my mom is an entrepreneur and you know the entrepreneurial roller coaster. She has a good year. She has a bad year. She has a good year. She has a bad year. She has an insanely great year. She has an insanely bad year. It just goes up and down. So every year I'm going from a private school, which is like, oh my goodness, I'm in a private school to, you know, not one of the best areas. I'm in a public school. Then next year I'm in okay school. Like, so every single year things are changing. I'm super adaptive, right? So I can make friends easily, but I don't keep super long-term friendships. So this is just kind of giving you the makeup of me. And then by the time I got to corporate America, they said, hey, mm, we got you. Stay right here. Don't move and sit still, work, 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 and be happy. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't programmed like that. Like 25 years, I have not been programmed to do that. So for me to completely change the dynamic and the DNA of my past 25 years was just impossible. I was like, I can't be here. Something I need to find something. I need to do something. I need to be something. I need to do more. I need to be fulfilled. I need to. And that was the key, Brian. I needed to be fulfilled. That was the ultimate key. I don't know how many people use their job simply for money. I realized a long time ago in my life that money couldn't motivate me. When you sign on to one of these firms, they oh they incentivize you so much. I can't remember what my bonus was. It was a couple thousand dollars, uh, just my sign-on bonus, which I used to travel the year. Um, but anyways, <laughs> when you sign on to this to these firms, not only do they give you these bonuses, but I remember like um, there was a test I needed to take to get my CPA license, and they would give us five, six grand for that test. And all the money they were throwing at us, Brian, I would just be like, you know what? I'm really not motivated to do it still. And I would have like my best friend, he became a CPA. He was like my best friend. He, uh, he worked at the, the rival accounting firm. As soon as he heard we were getting five grand to, to take the exam, on it. What? You ain't got to tell me twice, on it. Me, I was just like, it's not really motivated. So I, I knew that, again, for me, it was all about getting my time, getting my time, getting my freedom, getting to that lifestyle. So I started those eight businesses, hoping that they would give me the time and financial freedom that I was looking for. My initial goal was to become a, a, a digital nomad, somebody who can go on sabbaticals for three to six months at a time and have all of my businesses run from my cell phone. Like that, that was all I wanted to do. That's, I mean, that, that's all a lot of us want to do, right? Especially millennials and the time that we're in, right? So uh, I started eight businesses that year and every single one of them failed. <laughs> um, if I go down the list, I started a, a online retail store selling high-end furniture I started a Kindle publishing business selling ebooks. I started a lead gen authority site, um, which actually only had one client, which was my mom, um, and made, made only $500 from that business. And I thank her, her sweetheart for that. Um, um, nice. But it's basically build, building lead gen like, uh, pages. Like, let's just say, you know, there's a tow truck company uh, that doesn't get a whole lot of leads. I can build out a whole page, run some SEO and some ads to that page, start getting incoming leads and, and, and get that tow truck company to pay for those leads. Right. So things like that, I started eight businesses. I can keep going. Like it was just I, all those businesses till this day. The crazy thing is, Brian, they all work. They all work. And if there's anything that I want your listeners to take away from this episode is that m- most things, if they're legit, they work, right? People talk about getting into real estate and they're so captivated by the money. And they're just like, you know, there's so many things to do in real estate. You can be a syndicator. You could be a fixer and flipper. You could buy rentals. You could buy notes. You could buy land, right? I mean, there's so much. And I like to help people take the onus off of the money because every single niche has money, right? There's a millionaire in every single niche. 
there's a millionaire in every single market, even the, the, the $40,000 markets to the 4 million. I mean, there's a millionaire that knows how to, knows how to go after a strategy that produces income in that market. Same thing with business models. So when it comes down to the successes and the failures, I think that what distinguishes successes and failures are the actual individuals. So I spent thousands, thousands. I just uh, dropped an article this morning, um, literally this morning. Um, and the article title uh, is my first $12,000 real estate mentor and how I regretted it. So that whole year, every single one of my businesses failed. I didn't know how to run a business. I'd never been in business before. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I should, I should have failed because I didn't know what was going on. I, I just thought that, man, I need one of these things to work. I need one of these things to hit and I can put all my focus there. Right. That way, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation to where like you're trying to start a whole bunch of new stuff. And especially when it comes to income and money and business, like I'm just like, I need one of these things to give me some type of light. And it, once it gives me that confirmation, like that first sale or whatever it is, I'm going to go all in on that one. Like that was kind of my mentality back then. And I realized that it was a losing proposition because all of these businesses cost money. All of these businesses have marketing dollars associated with them. And I wasn't yet skilled at marketing. I wasn't yet skilled at sales. I wasn't skilled at anything, really. I was just passionate. So I was just dumping money from my W-2 job into all these businesses, just hoping and praying. And by the end of that year, I was flat broke. I was flat broke. So I was like, man, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? At this time, I was 100% against the idea, 1,000% against the idea of mentorship, against the idea of gurus. I thought I despised them. I thought they were just like money thieves. I was just like, oh my goodness, I would never pay somebody thousands of dollars. Like these people are getting scammed. Like I like these. This is just it's just it was just crazy to me how much people were paying for mentors. I'm just like this is insane. <laughs> but I was desperate. <laughs> Brian, I was desperate and I had no more. And again, this is not in the beginning of my career, entrepreneurial journey. This is at the end. I had no more money. And I got on a phone call with a potential mentor and he kind of changed my perspective on me having no more money to pursue my dreams. And he changed my perspective on my belief that I can actually get there, especially with his help. Because if I believe that I can reach financial freedom. If I believe that I could just replace my income five, $10,000 a month. If I believe that what's stopping me from paying him 12 grand. But if I don't believe that, then I think that money's going to go to waste. So me not paying him shows my doubt and insecurity in myself or the system. Right. When he said, when we, when, when, I, when we had that conversation, I was five years ago. I was just like, man, like, I gotta, I gotta stake my foot in the ground. Like I gotta go out. I, I, I hated the idea of this before, but I think that, I think this is what I need. I had my first real estate mentor the, the very next January. You may know him. His name is Joe Fearless. And the first thing he had me do, like, mind you, I'm, I, so I had left my big four accounting firm at this point and I uh, went to become an investment, uh, uh uh, an investment uh, consultant for a private equity hedge fund based out of New York. And all they're buying in these funds are massive, massive um, uh, multifamily, storage spaces, office buildings. And now I, I, 
I had the accounting background, so I knew how to look at all the numbers and arrears. But now as an investment analyst, I was able to forecast. I was able to look at all the numbers going in the future. I was like, oh, shoot, like now I got both sides of it. Maybe I should get into this space. So I'm getting ready to, and by this time I had a few rentals. So I'm getting ready to, to embark on much larger property. And I'm just like, yes, I got my mentor. Let's get started. I'm going to drop all these other businesses, like no more. I went from seven businesses to two. I only had two as my focus. I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm actually doing this now. Like this is a whole new year. Everything's changing. Yes, 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 yes. And I hired him and it was all the money I had left. I gave him, I gave him, I, gave him. <laughs> I wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. And we get on our first call, Brian. And I'm super excited. I'm ready to hear these, you know, real estate investing strategies and everything he's going to tell me to do. And, you know, the people he's going to tell me to contact. And I was just, just super excited and motivated. We get on our first call, Brian. And the first thing he asked me to do, you know, imagine like this young buddy entrepreneur, like, yeah, so, all right. All right. So I'm contacting these sellers this week. Like, what list am I pulling? He said, yeah. all right, take a step back. This is what I want you to do first. I want you to go create a platform. What? I didn't just give you that much money to tell me that. I want you to go create a platform. I want you to become what I like to call a thought leader. I I had no idea where he was going with this. But I did know I gave him a lot of money and I wanted some results. (laughs) Instead of rebuttaling, instead of arguing, instead of telling him how I felt, he's my coach. Do what he says. Over the next three months, I build out my platform, hoping that he will eventually be like, all right, let's get back to real estate. That platform, which is now what is known as my primary platform before the millions, my podcast and my coaching and my educational company, we've done multiple six figures, but that platform started because he told me to start this. And I had no, I had no want, no desire, no nothing to ever do anything like this. But he told me that that's what I needed to do as my first step. All these years later, it's just like, I don't even know how to calculate the value of just that first conversation. Like, don't let me tell you about conversation number two. That was just conversation number one. And I hated gurus. <laughs> that was just conversation number one. And I was just like, and at the time, again, this, I don't realize any of this stuff until years later. Like, I can't realize, oh my goodness, there's so much value. right? Now. There's no way I can know that. I just had to go with it. Just had to have faith. Right? And, and hopefully you guys are taken away from some of these principles. I just had to, I just had to trust and believe and not even trust and believe. I've, I, and now I use different vocabulary. It's not trust and believe. It's, it's, you know, the, when I, when I make a decision, if you look at the word, just decide, right. And I don't, I'm not sure where the desi comes from, but I imagine this is just my imagination. Guys do not quote me, Brian, you might want to take this out the podcast, but I imagine that desi means two in some, in some Latin or, you know, whatever language but I do know what I means I D E. So when you decide, right, if you have two things and you go I D E think about that root word, that means to cut off. It means to kill off any other possibility. Pesticide genocide to kill off any other. So when you decide something, I was like, there's no going back. I'm never going back to corporate America. I'm never not going to allow this to not work. It's not a possibility. I will not stand for it. Once you actually make those types of decisions, everything changes. I'll stop right here because I've been going for a while. <laughs> no, dude, this is the easiest podcast interview I've ever done. 
I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you guys are picking up some of the things that Duray's laying down here because you're really touching on some of the like most important things that are necessary um, for success. I want to go through a couple of the things you said. One of them was like one of the earlier things you said was just like it's not about like whether or not something works. It's kind of more about the person and if they take the action or not. And you took the action because your pain was strong enough. And that was my story too. Like I, I wasn't happy in my corporate job. I was like absolutely miserable, depressed, anxious, just like I, my alarm would go off and I would just feel sick like laying in bed, thinking about putting on clothes and driving to that building again. And um, so do you think that like that is the real missing piece? Like, cause I know you coach people now and stuff is having enough pain to want to get out of it bad enough. Like a, like someone in water and they're drowning and they want air that badly, you know, like, is that the real like secret sauce that's required to be successful? Oh, Brian, that's a, that's an absolutely amazing question. Um, and the answer, I believe my, my opinion is that it's not, Hmm. it's absolutely not. Um, it helps, you know, some people are driven by that pain. Some people are motivated by pleasure, right? I think the, the secret sauce, the, the only thing that you need, and this may sound crazy to a lot of people, um, but the only thing that you need, and I'll maybe draw an illustration after this, but the only thing that you need, I absolutely believe that you need, is belief. Is belief. I think about Steve Jobs. I think about Elon Musk. I think about George Washington. I think about all of the greats. I think about Mike. Have you have you watched the Michael Jordan documentary? Yeah, it was awesome. Oh my goodness! All you need is belief. I just completed a 30 day challenge. I, um, I got the idea from one of my Facebook friends and a previous guest on my podcast. His name is Tim Bratz. I don't know if you've heard of him. And he, um, he did a challenge on Facebook documented a 30, 30 days where he, he put the onus on himself to publicly document him trying to make $1 million of new revenue just new revenue, no reoccurring revenue, no monthly payments from coaching clients or anything like that. So I did the same thing, but just new revenue, not a million dollars, of course, but <laughs> just new revenue, a million dollars in 30 days. And I read his posts every single day and I was just like, wow. So I decided to do the same thing. I was just like, dude, I have to expand my mindset. I have to do more. I have to be more. I have to want more. How can I get break free of complacency? Right. Like I achieved lifestyle design a few years ago. How do I break for you? How do I get to the next level? Right. So I was like, all right, well, let me do the same thing. And then my own thinking. Oh, well, his wasn't called thinking Rose challenge. I, I called it. I called mine the thinking Rose challenge because his was just a public challenge trying to make 30, uh, trying to make a million dollars in uh, 30 days. But I called mine the thinking Grow Rich challenge because I wanted to go back to the book, Think and Grow Rich and implement the principles in that book as I did the challenge. So it was, it added a layer of education for any and everybody who was following along, which I think was super helpful for a lot of people. So here's the selfish part about it though. As much as I knew that it was going to inspire and help a lot of people just like Tim did for me, I knew that 
I was going to come out of the challenge bigger, better, badder with more just vicious ideas. And it's crazy, Brian. It's absolutely crazy to think that the ideas that I had over those 30 days, because I had to do it, I had to make that money, right? It, it went from my focus being lifestyle design all these years to a consistent 30 days of just focused on money, like knowing that that was my purpose and that was my goal. The ideas that were coming in, they were, they were phenomenal. I'm like, why didn't I get this two months ago or two years ago? Like, wh- where have these ideas been? But it's only because I made a determining number and I decided that this, is, this number, I must have it. So I highlight a lot of the principles in that challenge of the principles of think and grow rich because they're super powerful. And the first time I read that book, I hated it. I hated it. I thought Napoleon Hill was a terrible author. I was like, this is, I would never, this is horrible. And um, it took a few more years after like me getting really, really, um, um, me becoming a voracious reader. So I went back and re- read it again. And I was like, wow, this is actually the Holy Grail. And I've been asleep at the wheel. This book is phenomenal. This guy's amazing. The guy, the guy studied the most successful people in the world. He didn't just go, you know, he, his, his, um, his mentor was Andrew Carnegie. He didn't just go be like, oh, yeah, let me go, you know, pick his brain, write a book and call it a day. Or he didn't go, oh, let me study under him for, uh, you know, a year, be his intern and, and write the book. Napoleon Hill dedicated his life to this craft. He, it took him 22 years to study all of the millionaires and billionaires, all the most successful people in the world before he decided to write that book. He knows what works. It's an irrefutable fact that he knows what works. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is, Tim hit his goal. I didn't hit my goal. And I publicly failed at that goal. But the, 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 the best thing about that goal is that I hit all-time highs all across the board as far as income during a pandemic. So did I really fail? I have so many things set up over the next six months that I would have never had set up if it wasn't for that. So many partnerships, so many, so many different ideas. We're, I mean, we're, we're building out our team. And it was just because I needed to figure out a way to make money in 30 days. So I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, I failed at the numeric number that I was going after, but I've succeeded at everything else. There's nothing stopping me. And the fact that I thought that I was going to succeed my first time around, I think that's what bites a lot of people in the butt. And I wouldn't go back and not think that I'm not going to succeed. I would go in with 100% full force. But what bites a lot of people in the butt is that they don't get back on that horse because they expected to, they expected to win and they didn't. So there was like, okay, well, this doesn't work. It's the first time you ever studied this concept. Of course it doesn't work. Keep going, do it again. Yeah. Right? Like, why would it work? You, you, you're just not you're familiarizing yourself with it as you're doing it. Dude, do it like... 45 more times but people don't have that onus and i almost was like okay the challenge is over i'm so happy it's over with oh my goodness i have to write those articles every single day i'm so tired but it was powerful and it worked and i'm just like dude like if we can just get in that space if we can just one of my clients last year um she was struggling to get her first property and she was just like dre like um you know i want to like her goal is to make ten thousand dollars a month like in passive income and she was just like, Dre, if I could just make 10K a month, I'll be okay. Everything will be fine. Like, I'll be able to quit my job. I'll be able to do this, do that, do that. But right now, I'm just so busy. And not only do I have a full-time job, I got a second job. I babysit. 
Um, I helped my sister out in her business. Um, and I got to get my eight hours. I got to get my eight hours. Right. And so after the first month of me coaching with her, I asked her how many calls is she making and how, how her business was. She was like, oh, everything's going good. I'm, you know, we're, we're tr- tr- uh, chugging along and next month should be better. And I was like, okay, well, what, 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 what were the numbers? Like, what did it come up to? She's like, well, made about 10, 15 calls. I was like, 10, 15 calls. You want to make 10K a month, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, 10K a month. So you want to be a six-figure entrepreneur. That's $120,000 a year in additional income. So you want to be a six-figure entrepreneur, correct? She's like, yeah. I was like, all right. So the 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 version of you that makes one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, does that version make twelve calls? She said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I said, then why are you making twelve calls and expecting to become a six figure entrepreneur? She's like, well, this is all the time I have for it. I, I just told you my schedule. I have all these other things going on. It never dawns on us that we can't get to our goal. Because like she wants to alleviate herself from all these things by pursuing real estate and making money, but she can't pursue real estate and making money because she can't alleviate herself from all these things. <laughs> so it's like, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. So again, to answer your question, the exercise, and this is just something that I had her do, but I mean, there's so many things people can do. There's a book called super coach. It's absolutely amazing. I don't even know how to verbalize the, 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 the concepts in that book. I'm still trying to understand. It's my fourth time through it. And it's, it's just amazing. It's called super coach, but, but this yeah, I've actually read that book. You have, I, I yeah, love yeah. it. Oh my yeah. goodness. Not many people have read it, but yeah. I've come across. So we have to, we have to wrap on that next if you want to. But so this yeah. exercise, um, I said, all right, the $10,000 that you want to make this next month, I'm going to take this, this blank check and I'm going to write it in one zero 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 zero. Okay. Add one more zero and then dot zero zero. So $10,000. I put your name on it. I date it for the end of the month. And the only stipulation, the only stipulation is that you cannot cash this check until you've made 400 calls to motivated sellers or 500 calls, right? That's the only stipulation. Nothing else. This check is yours. Go cash it. Go have fun. Do whatever you want. Her, I need eight hours worth of sleep. Right, you don't understand. If I get 7.5, I'll be cranky, I'll be irritated, I will be no good at work, and then my rest of my schedule will be thrown off. I'll be sassed. All that stuff, like she literally had so many excuses. So many, like again, because those things are reality. Like she literally does have to babysit, she literally does have a second job. I mean, that's reality. She has to put food on the table, right? But the minute I showed her a different reality and what was possible, and that if I give her this 10K, if she does all these tasks, guess what happened? She created room. Oh my goodness. I feel like I just had a brain chasm. She created room. She created a room, Brian. She created room and the room was always there to create. But again, the reason why she created room the second time around is one thing. It's only one thing. And it's not because she was running from pain. She believed. She believed that she was going to get 10K. The month before, she didn't, she didn't believe it was possible. She, she, she hoped it was possible. She wanted it to be possible. She was going to put some type of effort to see, okay, if it's possible now, then I'm going to go in next month because I see that it's possible. That doesn't ever happen. Yeah. You got to operate as that six or seven figure entrepreneur far before you ever actually see it in realization. I hope that helps. That's huge, man. And we could go on this forever. How, 
how do you create belief? You know, I know you someone answered that already, but um, is there like a daily routine or, or an exercise that you do or you walk your clients through to kind of cultivate a new identity and to, 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 to grow into that new version of themselves? Because I really love what you're saying. And if any of my coaching clients are listening to this, I'm going to start saying this stuff to you on our coaching calls because that was powerful. So yeah, like how do you create belief? You know, like if, if you're sitting there and you don't have any rentals yet, you don't have any passive income, you've never had a win. How do you sort of change your mindset from that place to believe? That's an absolutely great question. And I'm going to have to uh, steal this answer from Napoleon Hill again, because I've just gone through his amazing, my amazing challenge that he, he, um, he gave me the idea to do, but when you, when you, and, and there's a, I don't want to act like I know the, the premise of the movie, The Secret. Okay. But I believe, and again, guys, this is just my opinion. I believe there's a, there's a, there's a distinct difference between the premise of a movie like The Secret and the premise of Think and Grow Rich. Now, the title may, may lead you to believe that there is no difference because think, oh, you think, you think these thoughts and okay, now you get rich. Yeah. But you got to read the book. Like you got to actually like, not just read the book, but you got to like read the, like read the book. (laughs) And what I would suggest for all of us to do is an exercise that he, he mentions in the book. And then um, I've had a ton of different mentors um, mention over the years in different forms or fashion, actually um, a distant mentor, which is another actual concept in the book, having a, a mastermind of people who you don't even know, Another story for another day, but a distant mentor by the name of Brooke Steele, she's a life coach. Um, she really changed my mindset towards a lot of these things. So she was on a podcast recently and um, she was just talking about the difference between mindsets. And we can all be in the same world. Like, I mean, let's just talk about current events, right? Let's talk about COVID. My heart goes out to any and everybody who's been affected by COVID. Like, sincerely, it's absolutely horrible, the deaths that have happened, the, the death rate, the, the, the sicknesses, um, the, the job losses. Like, I mean, across the board, it's, it's devastating. And I don't want to be insensitive, Brian. And hopefully you can, you can appreciate this, you can relate to this. But I don't see any of that. I see so much prosperity. I see so much goodness coming out of this. I see so much elegance coming out of this. So, I'm, I'm, I'm borderline OCD, Brian. And you must not watch we, the news either. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> and the, the changes that we're making as humans, as Americans, to be cleaner, to be safer, to be sanitized, dude, I couldn't pray for anything better. It absolutely warms my heart how we're taking precautions to protect each other. Absolutely. Let's talk about money and business. Online businesses right now, dude, they're having black market type sales every single day for the past three months. Business is booming. What are you choosing to focus on? The stock market right now, you can look at the ticker and you can see the numbers are what they say. We know that to be factual. That's fact. Whatever the numbers say for each stock, that's what it is. But that doesn't mean that you don't take that and interpret that in your own way because you can interpret that, Brian, as, man, 
lost 70% of my stocks over the past three months. This is absolutely crazy. I, I, I hate the stock market. This is absolutely insane. I've lost all my retirement funds. I don't know how to take care of my family. Man, woe is me. I could look at those same exact numbers, the same exact numbers, nothing's changing. At the same exact time, be like, wow. Oh my goodness. Look at this opportunity. I need to be buying everything. I need to be investing. I need to go find investors. We need to buy low. We need to get in. We need to get out. This is amazing. And we're looking at the same data. So it's all about perspective. It's all yeah. about the lens that, that, that we're looking at the world through. For, for everything, guys. I just talked about business and money. I just talked about COVID and how you can, how you can literally, it's just your mindset. So going back to what we should do, I think that when we, when we have these goals, so I had that, that 30 day challenge, right? When we have these goals, I started to picture myself every single day as if I had already achieved my goal. Mm. And I started to, we try, so what we try to do is we have goals and we know where we are. So we're here, but our goals are here all the way up here. Or if you guys can't see me, but you can hear me, our goals are down here and our, um, I mean, our, our, where we are is down here and our goals are all the way up here. So what we try to do is we try to create our goals and then we try to work towards our goals. We try to do the things that get you to, that get us to our goals. I don't find this personally to be a winning formula. Okay. So I'm not looking at my life from where I am now and trying to get to my goal. What instead what I'm doing is I'm trying to operate from my goal. I'm trying to operate from that six or seven figure entrepreneur, that location, that location independent entrepreneur, whatever it is that you want. I'm trying to operate from that goal. And I'm trying to think about the me and that, that version of me, what I would be doing. And this is the layer this is the secret sauce to that because again, that secret sauce initially is deciding, but the secret sauce to, to deciding is adding what we like to call emotion to that decision. Okay. It has to be visceral. It has to be real. When I think about myself in 30 days, having all this money or having all this abundance, I have to be able to feel it. I have to, I have to be able to like, like get emotionally stirred up when I think about it. And you're like, Dre, how do you do that? Well, just imagine yourself on a roller coaster right now. Like if you're sitting down in your car or wherever, just imagine yourself on a roller coaster and the lows, the, the highs, you know, where you're, you're kind of slowly speeding up to, to eventually get to that, that climax and your stomach starts. And then as soon as the drop goes, your heart drops as well. And your heart starts beating faster just by sitting in your chair right now. It literally just started beating a little bit more faster. So we can add emotion to our thoughts. And that's kind of the premise that Napoleon Hill is talking about. How would you actually feel with those thoughts in the future? If you can derive that emotion that you would have in the future now, first off, on your way to your goal, you'd be super happy because we're on the journey most of the time anyways. Mm -hmm. 99% of the time. As soon as you get to that goal, you're going to have another goal anyways. So why just try to wait until you get to that goal to be happy? Why not just be happy? I mean, that's what life is about. Why not be happy the entire time? Yeah. Right? So, so, I mean, I I hope that roundabout answers your question. No, man. I, uh, I recently read a book called psycho cybernetics. I love that book. Maxwell Maxwell Maltz. And then the guy that like wrote the foreword and comments on the book, Matt Fury, who owns the psycho cybernetics foundation now wrote a book called theater of the mind. And it's like a more practical version of psycho cybernetics. Like here's exactly how to do visualizations and emotionalize things. And, both those books like created a new, yeah, you'll like it, man. 
But that's one of the first things I teach my clients inside our program is really exactly what you're talking about is how to cultivate a new identity, create belief, emotionalize it. And I remember when I first started doing this, because what I'm wanting to do is get into buying some larger multifamily stuff now and, 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 you know, go even beyond the single family realm that I've been in. And I always kind of like struggle with confidence. Like, could I really buy like a 25 or a 50 unit building? It just seems like this huge thing. Right. But, um, lately I've been doing visualizations and emotionalizing just and feeling what it would feel like to have already done that. And man, now to do that just feels like a blip on the radar. It's just like, yeah, of course I can get that. Like it doesn't, it feels like I have it already. Like you said, it kind of feels like it's already there just from that morning routine. And, um, and and so what you're talking about works. And also for anyone out there that's like, this stuff sounds kind of woo woo. Like he's putting a tinfoil hat on or whatever. Just understand that like, this is like, similar or maybe the same as what they do in sports psychology already, you know, at a high level, professional athletes will sit there and visualize cracking the ball with the bat. And what is it going to feel like when the ball goes over the fence and they're trotting around the bases and their teammates are high-fiving them. And um, that stuff really works in the professional sports world. And for whatever reason, we think that's just for athletes, sports psychology, but it's really just success psychology. You can apply that to to visualizing anything. It doesn't have to be hitting a ball over a fence. Yeah. It could be closing a deal. It could be buying a new house. It could be like having a better relationship or meet some new friends or traveling or having your business do better, you know? And so I really love what you're talking about. And I think this is going to be huge for people that are taking this to heart. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I relate to some of some of your points as well. I think about, I think it, it might've been um, the placebo effect or even think and grow rich. I think uh, there was a test in one of those books by uh, baseball players who, you know, uh, there was 30 baseball players, 10 of them. Uh, they were trying to test um, how many of them could hit home runs or how many of them could get their batting percentage or something like that. And uh, the first 10 who didn't do any type of practice or anything at all, um, their, their batting averages stayed the same. And I think, again, guys, don't quote me, but I just want you guys to take away the principle. Um, the, the second 10 who actually went out to practice uh, the day before or whatever, their batting averages increased by like 10%. And then the, the third group of people who just visualized batting, mm-hmm. their averages increased by that same 10% as the people who actually went out and did it. I thought that was fascinating. So go ahead. <laughs> I've heard, no, I've heard something similar to that before it's insane. Like, um, like you said, you know, I mean, like, uh, if you, if you envision yourself eating like a lemon, your taste buds will tingle, even if you didn't eat anything. Or if you, if you imagine biting into like a piece of ice, you can start to get goosebumps. Mm. Imagine yourself having sex. Okay. You're going to start to get aroused. Your nervous Mm. system doesn't know the difference between a real experience and something that you visualize and emotionalize. And so it's like, if you can't really have the experience of buying the house today, you can sort of trick your nervous system into having the experience sitting in the recliner over here in the morning. And it's, 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 it's like a micro experience, or maybe it's almost according to that study, pretty similar to really having an experience. Okay. And um, that's, that's the magic, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ryan. Well, man, I hate that we're out of time, 
but we got to go. This has been awesome. I'm definitely going to reach out to you to do a round two. And before we wrap up, um, where could people go to find you and get more from you, man? Absolutely. Well, first, again, Ryan, I want to thank you for bringing me on the show. It's been absolutely amazing. We've talked about some topics that I'm just super passionate about and I don't get to talk about too often. So uh, I'm glad we're able to kind of talk about some of the woo side of things today. And uh, if your listeners want to learn a little bit more about me, they want more of kind of the mindset that I have and more of that, uh, definitely check out my podcast as well. It's called Before the Millions. You can just head over to beforethemillions.com. If you just want to connect with me, ask me a few questions or or two. Um, uh, my platform of choice, my social media platform of choice, which I'm trying to get better at social media is Instagram. So you can just uh, look for my first and last name. That's my handle, Darrell Lalia, and you'll find me on Instagram. Just drop in, say hello. And if I could help you in any way, form or fashion, I definitely will do my best. Awesome. And I'll link your website and your pod, your, uh, your Instagram in the show notes. And again, thanks for your time, man. I hope everyone took notes and you're going to execute. Uh, there you're back. I hope everyone took notes and you're going to execute on what DeRay has said because this is some deep stuff. So thanks again, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian, thank you. You got it. As you already know, given everything that's going on in the world, the real estate game is about to change in a major way. So whether you've been stuck on the sidelines trying to figure out the quote unquote right time or struggling to generate the type of change that you really crave, 2020 can still be that breakthrough year for you. In fact, 2020 is the best opportunity that I've seen in a long time. There's so much that has changed over the past few months and there's nothing and I I repeat nothing but room at the top for real estate investors who are prepared to take advantage of all of these shifts. So I'm inviting you to join me to get fully up to date on what it takes to actually build, manage, and grow a real estate business and portfolio so that you can quit your job and live a life by your design. This is a brand new live masterclass, and it's called The Four Keys to Building a Lifestyle Business Through Real Estate. Register over at beforethemillions.com forward slash masterclass. That registration link again, beforethemillions.com forward slash masterclass. This is an absolute must attend if you're a soon-to-be real estate investor and you want to nail this the first time around. No guesses, no ambiguity, straight goal achievement. This masterclass is a must attend if you're an existing investor who wants to acquire more deals frequently and scale up to really quit your job in the next 6 to 12 months. And this is for you if you want to learn how to make real estate the cornerstone of your lifestyle business while accumulating passive income and closing on large cash injection deals simultaneously to register for this live masterclass where I'm not only giving away my four keys to building a successful real estate business, but I'm also going to host the Q&A at the end to get you up and running. The link is before the millions.com forward slash masterclass. Again, that's before the millions.com forward slash masterclass.